All right, welcome into another edition of Death, Taxes, and Duval. My name is Hayes Carline. Our good buddy Rick Ballou is on vacation. We hope he has a wonderful time. Uh, joining us is the third member of the Death, Taxes, and Duval crew, Graham Marsh. How yes, are sir. you? Fine, sir. Oh, fantastic. How are you, Hayes Carline? I'm doing good. So you're telling me you've got a little bit of a back issue. Is it going to prevent you from oh, participating in the podcast? Absolutely not. Okay. You're ready I'm, to rock. I'm here ready to rock. I got the same uh, I got the same shot before the podcast <laughs> that Mahomes got in his ankle during the Super Bowl. Yeah, good. So it's like the injury never even happened. I, I, well, I'm you were doing cartwheels in the, in the podcast, too. Yeah, so I, actually, when you were turned away, I did yeah. a couple backwards, too. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, before we get started, I want to thank our fine sponsor, John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Give them a call at 471-7155 and have them look over your car insurance policy and make sure you're not paying too much for it. This is something that we all have to have, um, and it's it's hard to find the best rate. But John can do that for you, uh, get some information from you, and make sure that, that the policy you have is, is the most affordable and uh, giving you the best possible coverage. You'd be surprised things happen in your life, circumstances change, and it can affect your policy. So if it's been a while, uh, if you've just been sort of sending the check-in every you know month or every six months to the same thing for, for a long time, definitely should have John take a look at it and he'll say, I can save you money, or he'll say, I can't. But uh, give him a call. John Spicklemeyer, 471-7155. And Graham, we have reached, you know, we're a week removed from the Super Bowl. Everybody's kind of gotten a chance to to take a breath and and talk about, uh, you know, where the Jaguars sort of stand. Um, but now we're getting to the phase where you need to start seeing some action. Yeah, uh, you know, we know where they are with the salary cap and and that they're over it. Um, we've seen the New Orleans Saints have uh, made public a couple of restructuring uh, deals that, that that they've done with veterans. As they try to navigate under the cap, this is something New Orleans has been doing now for, for many years. Um, it's not that it's going to be difficult for the Jaguars to do it, but we've yet to see that, you know, the, the Schefter, the Rappaport tweet that, you know, hey, Christian Kirk just restructured and got handed a $7 million right, right, signing right. bonus to reduce yeah. the salary cap number. And we know it's coming. It, it has to because this is a team that obviously – doesn't really have a lot of players they want to say goodbye to other than cornerback Shaq Griffin. But, you know, I think everybody else they, they would like to keep if they can. So um, it's getting getting close. Uh, what are a couple things in terms of decisions that you're kind of, you know, really got your, your ear perked up on to hear about? First and foremost, and I think probably most Jaguar fans would agree with this. I don't think I'm going very far out on a limb here is uh, you need Evan Ingram nailed down for the next four years. Yeah. For three, four years minimum. Um, Clearly he and Trevor Lawrence have a great connection. Um, Show me any elite quarterback in today's NFL. And I can probably show you at least a, at least a very productive tight end that is on that roster that that quarterback really likes. The Jaguars went and found one last off season with Evan Ingram. It was a phenomenal find after a guy that didn't have that great of a career for where he was drafted in New York. He, revi- he uh, revived his own career here in Jacksonville, and obviously he wants to stay. So getting Ingr- Evan Ingram nailed down for the next uh, four or five years is uh, number priority number one for me by far. Yeah, and I, I agree because when you look at 
uh, everything you said is 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 spot on. And when you look at what Evan Ingram was able to do last year, the 766 yards, I mean, that that is something that you can't just bank on finding that uh, in the draft. I, I don't know that there's another free agent out there that would be available that I think can come in and generate that for you. Um, I, I really hope Evan Ingram stays. I hope it doesn't come down to having to tag him. I'm with you. I'd like to see it be uh, a multi-year thing. But he didn't want that last offseason. And uh, the salary cap uh, is going to really spike in 2024 when the Amazon TV money kicks in. So, you know, for a lot of these guys, I think it's it's tricky because Evan Ingram's already kind of won on his one-year bet on himself here. If he does it again, or if he just says, I'm not going to sign long-term, you guys will have to tag me. If you tag him, uh, it, it may be your only recourse because if I'm Evan Ingram, and certainly if I'm Evan Ingram's agent, what I'm telling him is let's not sign a, a two- or three-year deal because in 2024 – that cap number is going to be astronomical. I mean, there's going to be some teams with just ridiculous space. And, you know, whether they franchise tag you or, or not, uh, if we just sign a one-year deal, we're back on the market. Uh, and again, it's it, it's a gamble. If he gets hurt, uh, which durability has been an issue, then obviously it could affect his price tag. But but my hope is it gets done. And, uh, you know, I, I agree. If, if you could tell me right now that, you're going to have Christian Kirk, who had 1,100 yards last year, Zay Jones, who went over 800, Evan Ingram, who almost was at 800, and now you're bringing in Calvin Ridley uh, as Trevor Lawrence continues to progress. I, I I think it would be outstanding. How do you feel about uh, Juwan Taylor? Juwan Taylor, for me, is uh, I'm I'm more okay if we have to show Juwan Taylor the door. And it's not because I don't think he's not a very good player. It's not because I don't think he had a career year this year because, of course, he did. Pretty much the entire offensive line did. Phil Rauscher, probably the most underrated hire of Doug's staff mm-hmm. this past season. But I think the flip side of the coin of I think you need to nail down Evan Ingram is that the, you have to make cuts somewhere, right? It's it's so easy to say, keep this guy, keep this guy, keep this guy, make it work, figure it out. But then two years down the road when – you know, the team's in salary cap hell and everything's in shambles and they suck, then everyone says, well, well why'd you do this? Well, yeah. why'd you do this to your... You, 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 know, right. you know how this game is played. You've sure. seen this a hundred times. The harsh reality of the salary cap is it forces you to make tough decisions. And if you are saying, we're keeping Evan Ingram, in my opinion, that either means you're restructuring a ton of people or that means you're probably saying goodbye to someone like Jawan Taylor. I'm okay with that considering Walker Little is right there. That's kind of the thought process that I've had this entire time is while having while being three deep at tackle is great, it's a luxury that a lot of good teams don't even have. And, you know, it was it was really nice this year that Cam Robinson tore his ACL and you had Walker Little to step right in and you lost almost nothing. But again, the reality is even really good teams don't have that. I don't, I don't think you can expect to just keep three really good tackles all the time and have what we just said, Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Like, you, you know what I mean? you got to make decisions at some point. I'm okay with letting Jawan Taylor test the market and get paid big dollars somewhere else. Yeah, it's really, really 
rare to have an in-house option that's as attractive as Walker Little is in terms of just sliding Correct. in it at right tackle. And uh, the the closer that we get to decision time, because they've got to decide by March 7th uh, whether to use the franchise tag, I think the more I'm getting to, I think Jawan Taylor probably plays elsewhere. And, you know, this is the other thing that I would say, you know, from a Jaguars perspective, uh, I do not think they're going to be in a position to sign any kind of elite free agent. You know, they might sign uh, a couple role player kind of free agents, but they're not going to go. You're not going to see them sign a Malik Jackson, a Christian Kirk, and AJ Boye. They're they're done with that. Calais, Calais. They're 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 out of that uh, market. So with the Jawan Taylor decision. Uh, you know, one thing too that I think will go through the minds of of Trent Baalke and his staff is Juwan Taylor does have a chance, I think, to get a pretty significant contract. I do too. And if that happens, something that has never happened around here might actually occur, which is the Jaguars might actually get a comp pick, which, you know, for a lot of franchises, they just get used to getting three or four each year. I don't think the Jaguars have had one in the entire time that I've been on the beat, which goes back to 2013. Um, and the way that that process works is you lose a big-time free agent. Jawan Taylor goes and signs with Chicago for four years, $80 million. Uh, you don't do much in free agency. You The league looks at that and says, well, you lost more in free agency than you gained, so we're going to throw you a compensatory pick to help make up for that. And uh, in, in the case of Jawan Taylor, if the Jaguars don't do much and he signs a mega deal, that could be like a third-round pick. Yeah, I, I mean, it certainly, I think, will be at least a fourth-rounder. Um, and if again, if you're the Jaguars, I think you're looking at that saying, now you don't get it in this draft. It won't come on the books until 2024, but everybody's going to be here. I mean, they're, the odds that you know the front office isn't going to be able to use that pick themselves... Correct. Is unlikely. Right. So, um, so yeah, I think it's something to consider. But I, I just think the closer we get to it, I think Jawan Taylor wants to see, and I can't blame him, what the other 31 clubs are going to offer. So unless the Jaguars just, I mean, make some just stratospherically high offer to him, I don't think he's going to take it prior to hitting the market. So we'll see. But I, I will say this. I don't get the sense that if, if you go through an NFL offseason – and your biggest losses are Jawan Taylor, Marvin Jones, Dan Arnold. Don't you feel like you've had a pretty good offseason? Correct. Yes. And in Jacksonville, we've been so accustomed to we've been so accustomed to the season going a certain way for a long time, which means the offseason goes a certain way for a long time, which means typically around this time of year, the conversation we're having is this entire roster's got to be overhauled. That's obviously not the case anymore. So now the thinking is more big wins in the offseason is less about going and catching new big fish, and it's more about keeping the current ones in the pond. And exactly what you just said, that's what they're doing for the most part. I mean, do do any of the names you just said make you think, damn, that's going to really hurt their win total at the end of the season. No, not really. I, I, mean, I wouldn't think. And again, it's, you know, I, I'd like to have Juwan Taylor in a perfect world. But to your point, you know, you can't have everything. And, and I would think that if if your two biggest subtractions are Juwan Taylor 
I, I'm, I think they can keep Arden Key. That's one where you don't know if somebody's going to offer him something ridiculous. But even, even throw in Arden Key. Let's say they keep Ingram, and let's just say they have to tag him. None of, none of the three big ones agree to a deal. So you tag Ingram, Taylor and Key hit the market, they go play somewhere else. Um, if you're then adding Calvin Ridley, who will get reinstated, you're adding the 24th pick in the draft, the 56th pick in the draft, the 88th pick in the draft, and probably now able, if you're not in business with Taylor and Key, probably able to do something of some significance in free agency, right, a B-level right, right. free agent. Um, I would think that you're probably ahead more than you're behind in terms of you're probably better on paper going into training camp, you know, again, assuming everybody's healthy, in 2023 than you were at the close of business when you left Arrowhead Stadium to close out 2022. 100%. And the, the addition... The loss of Marvin Jones followed by the addition of Calvin Ridley in and of itself is such a net gain that it that um, that does it like by itself basically. Right. And then you factor in Trevor Lawrence just getting better. Right. And yeah, and a lot Walker of those other guys are Lloyd probably, and Fortner and correct. ETN and yeah, I mean Correct. Yeah, it's I it's incredibly exciting. In fact, this is uh something that I was uh just for fun doing the other day, but I I came up with there's 24 players on this roster that I feel at least pretty good about, which for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I can't tell you how high that number is. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, normally this number is around six. <laughs> um, I was and, about to say yeah, five. Right. And so, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you think about it, you've got Trevor, Christian Kirk, Aluakon, Ridley, Tyson Campbell, Josh Allen, ETN, I'm counting Ingram, Cam Robinson, Sheriff. Zay Jones, Trayvon Walker, Luke Fortner, uh, I'm counting Arden Key for now, Devin Lloyd, Roy Robertson-Harris, Rayshon Jenkins, Logan Cook, Jamal Agnew, Andre Sisco, Devon Hamilton, Foley Fadakasi, Darius Williams, Walker Little. That's a lot of players. Those are, I mean, those are players that you're convinced are good football players. Right. Not like just not liabilities. Right. Like we've had in the past. Those are serviceable, good football players yeah. that you feel like can go out on any given Sunday and make a play to win a game. And and you still have your draft class. Yes. So, um, you know, and, and uh, so, yeah, I think and it's, that's what will separate them. Right. Anything, sta- you, you looking at, we all love these mocks. Anything stand out to you so far from looking at the, uh, uh, the gaggle of mock drafts that are out there? It might just be a, a national perspective, not being super keyed in on Jacksonville, but it's. It, I feel like every other mock I look at has Dalton Kincaid, the tight end from Utah, <laughs> mocked to the Jaguars. And it's like... It's an epidemic. It, yeah, it's like, what yeah. are we doing? And it, It's like, if you are keyed into Jacksonville at all, you know that the overwhelmingly likely possibility, be it on the tag or be it on a long-term deal, is that Evan Ingram is playing for the Jaguars next year. Right. It, I mean... Trent Baalke has said that they're going to, they want him to play here next year. Evan Ingram has said he wants to play here next year. Trevor Lawrence has said he wants him next year. I mean, oh, I would say, again, tag, long-term deal, whatever. It's probably above like 85% likelihood that Evan Ingram plays for the Jaguars next year. Am, yeah. I, am I, would I be correct? I, I think that is very accurate. Do you think that's, that's fair? I would take the over. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And, but but all these mocks have Dalton Kincaid heading to Jack. I don't understand. Dalton Kincaid's a fine player. 
you and I remember him tearing Florida oh, apart yeah. the first week of the season. He's a good he's a good football player. Yeah. There's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with Dalton. Sure, Kincaid. yeah, it's not a knock on him. But it's the, I don't understand if if Evan Ingram's there and there's a lot more needs on defense. I understand you know the best player available versus need. That's kind of a whole that's a different discussion. But it's like if Evan Ingram's on your roster, why in the world would you draft Dalton Kincaid? I don't understand that. I don't get it either. Uh, from this sense, is I just to me it feels like. A, it's a deep group. B, it anytime you take a tight end in the first round, to me, you you, it always feels a little bit like a luxury pick. Uh, this team, while I think they're certainly talented, you know, I I'd like to see the pass rush get improved. I'd like to see, uh, I mean, I'm saying I'm talking about overtaking a tight end. I uh, I'd like to see corner help. Um, I'd like to see receiver help. You know, I I think. And this is a conversation we can have for another day, but when you look long term at the receiver room, you've got going into 2024, Christian Kirk playing on a mega contract, uh, Zay Jones, who I think is done after 2023, so I don't, I think he might even be a free agent. Calvin Ridley's a free agent as of now. He's you know, once he gets reinstated, he'll be playing on his fifth year option uh, from his original Atlanta contract. So you don't really have anybody in the room that you you, you can count on for any length of time. I mean, I, I think right. it would make a lot of sense to add a receiver if one is there in the first or second round that you like. If Jackson Smith and Jigba is available at 24. I would love that. And they draft Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. I'll puke. Yes. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I understand he didn't play a whole lot this year. Right. He he basically got injured in the first game and then did a Jamar chase. Right. That's basically what, what yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba did. Right. The year before that, at Ohio State, he was in a receiver room with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and was arguably better than both. I totally agree. You're getting him at such a huge discount. If you get him at 24, it, I, I would be do unbelievable. cartwheels to the podium um, to um, turn yes. that card in. Correct. And uh, and yeah, and, and again, I'm not against them taking a tight end. I mean, you can make the same argument at that position of, well, what about Evan Ingram? You don't know how long he's going to be here. Um, but it's not as paramount. I mean, you need to, they need to start investing in the receiver position in the draft so that these players can grow with Trevor. And, uh, you know, and so they need to do it. They didn't do it last year at all, which was a little bit of a surprise. So they, I think they absolutely need to draft one this year. And you said this. I think you've said this multiple times, I believe, on on your show, Frangie Show three to six. Always listen. Um, <laughs> you have said, and I I wholeheartedly agree with this. You you've said that at some point the Jaguars need to draft a wide receiver one that can grow with Trevor Lawrence, and you got to do it while Trevor's still young. You know, once he's in year six or something, yeah. that that that's a moot point. They. they Trevor needs his Reggie Wayne right. guy, right? That's drafted, and and maybe that's not you know a, a super high first round pick. It it doesn't have to be, as we've seen from other teams in the past. Devontae Adams, I believe, was a second round he pick, was. and uh, Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison, uh, Tyreek Hill was a later pick. You know, receivers yeah. can be found later, but at some point, you need, I would say, probably in the first four rounds. You need to draft a receiver that you feel like at some point is going to deliver for you while Trevor Lawrence is still young. And part of that's the cap, too. You need cheap talent at that position as well. I mean, every single weapon that Trevor is throwing to right now outside of Travis Etienne out of the backfield was not drafted by the Jaguars. 
that while it's really good that they've bolstered that room, that's not sustainable for 10 years. Right. Right. At some point, you got to have drafted talent that you're throwing to. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. I would be really surprised if it's a tight end in the first round. And, uh, and again, to me, if, if, uh, if receiver is there screaming at you, I, I think at 24 it would make a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to see where this thing goes. And, you, uh, really yeah, quick, go I didn't mean to cut you off. No. What do you think is the biggest, I, I know, again, you know, need versus best available is kind of an ongoing discussion. Putting that to, to the side for a minute, what do you think is the biggest need personnel-wise on this entire roster? Pass rush. A- until they find pass rush, they will not get beyond the divisional round from the exterior from the interior it, just wherever, wherever. They find it. but i mean i'm thinking more edge but cuz it's it's hard to find impactful pass rushers from the interior mm-hmm. i mean those guys are probably seven in the league uh in its entirety but you should be able to find good edge rushers and uh right now Josh Allen you know played well in the final 6 games uh, but he's on his fifth year uh, uh, in in his rookie contract, so you know you don't really know what his future is here. Trayvon Walker, you know, again, I'm excited about him. He was disruptive, but we need to see it. I just think until you've got pass rush solved uh, on the edge, you've got to keep addressing it. And you need it, your Frank Clark, your yeah. Chris Jones. And your... again, if a kid like Nolan Smith, you know, was there at 24, again, that's another guy where I think you're getting a little bit of a bargain because he was injured. Uh, you know, I think he could be outstanding. So for me, it would be there. There's a few different positions that I'd be looking at with 24. But if 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 value all fell, I would want to address somebody that can get after the opposing quarter. I agree. That would be the number one thing. Completely if, agree. If, if they're able to find that guy, then I think they absolutely are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. So yeah, it's going to be fun as we continue to track it uh, throughout the offseason. Graham, thanks so much for filling in for Rick. Really uh, appreciate it. And thank you so much. You're always so great. You help us record. (laughs) You post the podcast. Uh, You're definitely the unsung hero of Death, Taxes, and Duval. Thank you. We certainly appreciate it. I do appreciate that. Thank you when you uh, pinch hit The unsung hero of this episode is Dalton Kincaid. (laughs) That's right. Make sure you (laughs) tag him in this when uh, when you post it. But uh, Graham, thanks so much. Great work. And uh, that's going to do it for us. I do want to tell you about John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Give him a call, 471-7155. Make sure you're paying what you should be paying for your car insurance. Have him look at your policy, and he'll tell you. Either I can't help you, or he'll say, yeah, I've I've got a couple things here that can save you some money. Uh, You owe it to yourself and your pocketbook to call John Spicklemeyer, 471-7155. All right, that is going to do it for us. We will be back next week. See if there's any breaking news between now and then uh, when it comes to the Jaguars and and the decisions that they're going to be making this offseason. For Graham Marsh, for Rick Ballou, I'm Hayes Carline. Thank you for listening to Death, Taxes, and Duvall. (laughs) 